From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition for the week of May 24th, 2012. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Wayne Toygo, Nancy Johnson, and Tony Spatel. In this show, we'll review everything coming to Disneyland and Disney California Adventure for this summer. All that, plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, team. Greetings. Wow. Enthusiastic. That's what I'm thinking. How was everybody's couple weeks? Horribly busy. Horribly busy. That's kind of a negative comment. You could say busy and good. All I can say is summer's here and the time is right (laughs) for dancing in the streets. I hear just ready for the tea party opening. (laughs) That too. That too. I was in the parks today. It was Bats Day. I did not dress in all black. It was very hot and it was very crowded. And I just looked at them and thought, wow, it's hot to be dressed in all black. Mm-hmm. And then the ones that were kind of like, I get, be careful how I say this, half half doing it because it was hot. I'm like, come on. You're going to go to Bat State, <laughs> go full blow with a hat and the, just wearing black stockings and a shirt doesn't count. We certainly have come a long way since last year's Bat Day, haven't we? <laughs> exactly. I know. <laughs> I didn't have to go and dress up this time, so I'm all fine with that. So I did not I dress up. To... I I just happened to be there in Bath City. You didn't even wear a black shirt? Nothing? Uh, no. That's why everybody's looking meanly at me. Because I had n- no, nothing black on. Jeez, could at least like black socks or something. Me and the five million other people that were there, it was out of control crowded. Yeah. Usually Bath Days are so empty. Well... We can discuss that when we discuss another news story, and I'll explain my theory on why it's so crowded and why it's not going to get any better. Yeah. Ooh, There's my tease. There's a tease. Nice, nice, nice. Anybody yeah, have housekeeping? I think we're going to cover a oh. ton of housekeeping yeah, no, we once we get to our main segments this week. Uh, chat night, Wednesdays, 9 p.m., Eastern and Pacific. We had a great chat. We had probably 10 or 12 people in there Wednesday night, which was kind of nice. And a great discussion. So if you're interested in Disneyland or just want to chat with people who love Disneyland, come on in, 9 9 p.m. Pacific. And from what I understand from Nikki Bell, um, they did fix the problems with trying to get into chat. So if you were trying to get in and couldn't, try again this week. It'll probably work. (laughs) All right. Let's head over to Tony for some news. Okay. Disneyland's tallest structure is getting more than its snowy paint job and vehicles this summer. The classic climbers are returning to the Matterhorn Bobsleds Mountain after a seven-year absence. Disney announced that real mountain climbers will start scaling the peak again on June 15th when the ride reopens and Disney California Adventure unveils Cars Land. The climbers were part of the attraction that Walt Disney opened in 1959. Disney gave the climbers names, including Hans, Otto, and Fritz. Mickey Mouse was the last climber on the 147-foot Matterhorn in 2005 for the park's 50th anniversary. The Matterhorn bobsleds ride has been closed since January for the most extensive rehabilitation project since it opened. 
We continually evaluate our entertainment programs to provide a variety of options for our guests, said a Disney spokesperson. We are pleased to welcome the climbers back on the mountain as a salute to the Matterhorn's recent refurbishment. Disney recently held auditions, and applicants were asked to have between three and five years of experience in mountaineering, rock climbing, and rappelling. I didn't make the paper screening. I thought climbing my couch counted, but they said no. So, <laughs> so no. Okay. Next. So glad they're bringing this back. Yeah, it's always so cool to watch them up. You know, all of a sudden you're walking through the park and you look up and there they are. Okay, next. Disneyland's monorail trains got new faces to look like Cars movie characters. Cool. It's it's one of the ways that Disney is promoting Cars Land, which opens next month, if nobody's heard about it, at Disney California Adventure. Now what is that again? Cars? Something. Yeah, some, there's some movie. I don't know. The three trains are Blue Mandy Monorail, Orange Mona Monorail, and Red Manny Monorail. Each train has its own personality and narration, according to the Disney Parks blog. Disneyland has decorated its monorail trains before for promotions, including a submarine look when the Finding Nemo submarine voyage debuted in 2007, said John McClintock, a Disneyland Resort spokesman. And finally, Disney raised the prices. Okay, we're done. Back to you. <laughs> what? Oh, is that a big deal? Okay. We don't need okay. to talk about that. It's no, no big deal. No, no. Let me... Take a deep breath, and here we go. You're going to need it. Yes, I know. I've been waiting for this story. Disneyland Resort officials increased prices for single-day tickets and season passes for the second time in less than a year. The new prices affect both the Disneyland and Disney California Adventure Parks. Disneyland last raised single-day ticket prices and annual pass fees on June 12th. The one-day, one-park pass goes from $80 to $87. Now visitors will pay $21 more than they did four years ago for a single-day pass to either park, and $46 more than 11 years ago when there was only the Disneyland Park. California Adventure opened in 2001. This year's $7 hike is on par with annual changes over the past decade. Interesting annual changes, and now we're doing it twice a year. But that's a little commentary. I'll go back to the news. Um, Disney has boosted prices between $2 and $7 annually over that time. And Susie Brown, the Disneyland spokesperson, says, "Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. A Disneyland resort ticket offers a tremendous value for guests (laughs) to experience our world-class attractions, and is based on the quality experience we constantly deliver. Excuse me, consistently deliver. Like all businesses, we periodically evaluate and adjust our pricing structure to ensure we are offering a great entertainment value. Okay, there's part one. I can live with that price." Oh, sorry. News. No commentary. Until a second. Now the next one. The next part of it. Yes, Wolf Blitzer. Yeah. No, I'm I'm very opinionated here. Disneyland has four... Oh, Disneyland also increased their annual passes. Disneyland has four types of annual passes. The prices of the passes increased by as much as $150 to $649 for the premium pass which allows visitors access to the park for 365 days and covers parking. Or buy as little as $60 to $329 for the Southern California Pass, specifically for Southern California residents, allowing access to both parks for 215 pre-selected days. The Deluxe Pass, giving visitors access to both parks for 315 days, increased by $90 to $469. The Southern California Select Pass, specifically for Southern California residents, allowing access to both parks for 170 days, increased $70 to 
that's where I'm going to stop and let the fun <laughs> begin. And, and you know, and the, I, the, the, throwing the numbers like that is one thing, but when you look at the percentages, thirty-five percent. The SoCal right? Select is the it's not not as much money, but it's the worst. Yeah, it's thirty-five percent increase. Yeah. Okay. Can I go off first, and then everybody else can yell? Okay. okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm a Disneyland podcaster, and they, I think, have reached the point where, you know what, Andrew? I don't know if you're getting a premium. $650? I, I mean, I never know. And also, as someone who, as I think I've been mentioning that I've um, been hanging out with a, a family with a bunch of little kids, and so they usually go on Sundays when the Southern California Pass can go. And there was my little tease. It was crowded beyond belief today, and I'm realizing now that, once these, once everybody's pass, um, deluxe pass expires, and they say, you know what, in this economy and for this price, I'm going to cut down to the Southern California pass. Sundays are going to be out of control, and the and I think also the reason why it was crowded not only Bats Day but also it's about they're about to be blacked out. Yep. So I can't imagine all these deluxe pass holders that are going to knock down. I think premium people are going to knock down to Deluxe. I think this is just my own opinion. I think Deluxe are going to knock down to Southern California. And those days when it's right after, it's already been bad. I think it's going to be out of control on Sundays yep. in the spring because I just can't believe they raised it this much. Hey, but the one. good news is they only raised the Premier by $100. Relatively. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Relatively. So, yeah, if you... That's if only a you have that increase. in your radar, then yeah, that's actually not it completely a better, outrageous. It became a better deal. What's the? I think you published the um, the full price range. What is the four day park hopper price okay. now? Two hundred seventy five dollars for adults. It was two hundred forty nine. Because it used to be. That if you were going to, okay, now I'm talking for us travelers, not the locals who go one day here and there. Right. For us travelers, the break even between buying a multi-day every visit you went versus an annual to cover the whole year used to be two and a half four-day visits. So at 275 times two and a half, Look what the number happens yeah. to be. Yeah. So they're still maintaining that formula, interestingly enough. It's just, wow, is this a tough pill to swallow, especially for those of us who aren't local, who do have to travel, and now might just be watching how many times we do visit the parks on a yearly basis. Well, I had heard uh, – oh, sorry – well, considering there's no love for any of the lower levels of passes this summer, and especially for all you cast members who are listening to our show out there, I'm really sorry that you guys are, for the first time, completely blocked out of the parks for the entire summer. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. Well, I, my thing is, I understand like Disney World, you got the four parks. There's two. I'm not anti-Disneyland. I love it. That's why I'm I sitting on here talking about it. But... To do it so blatantly right before Cars Land, like, hey, oh yeah, Cars Land, you guys excited? Boom, here you go. Like, I knew that. I, I knew this. We all knew was it was going to happen, yeah. But it was just seem and to just. I, I understand. I had heard from out in the Disney sphere that the idea was there were too many pass holders, and then when the park opened, when the 
Carsland opens and with people spending all this money on hotels and trying to have it a full week long experience that we need to make it less crowded. So let's get rid of the pass. Um, let's, let's jack up the pass holder prices. But my whole argument is, and I think we talked before, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And that's what they're, we want to have every level of pass. So we can get all the locals, but it's too crowded. So now we're going to jack up. You can't have it both ways. And see, Tony, this is where I, I would love to see the actual market research because I don't think they're actually thinking about this in terms of we're going to raise the price to lock people out. I think they are going for max density. I think they've done the research to go, this is what the market will bear. Based on guest surveys, based on attendances that we're already getting and from what trends are, they know how much to expect regardless of the price increase or that the price increase that they've set will bear the number of people that might drop down to a lower level or might drop the program altogether. I don't think this is locking anybody out. I think this is maximum density per what they're selling. It's it's brilliant. It's frustrating for us guests. I feel sorry for all of us, me included. So it's our fault for answering questions to the when they keep sitting there when you go into Disneyland and go, oh, can, I, can I ask you a few questions? We should have been you know, lying the whole time. You know, you have a very excellent point. <laughs> Every time we go in and get the survey, and I've done this too, well, how did you like World of Color? Do you rate it a 10 out of 10? Are you going to recommend it to your friends and family? Are you going to be sure and see it the next time you're here? When we keep giving excellent surveys like that, especially with that leaning question that goes, do you feel you got the value for the price <laughs> yeah. you paid today? I got to tell you, as a group, we may want to rethink how we're answering those questions. Yeah. So anybody else? I'm the only one ups- crazy about the whole $650. That's I, cr- I know. <sighs> yeah. To yeah. me, actually, that's not as crazy as the raising the Southern California pass. To me, even that, because even that, that I, really- I, you know, I would love to see those two passes go away. You know, that's just me, but I would love to see. No, them. I agree with you, actually. Now, now, I, if, you know, Here's my suggestion. Get rid of SoCal Select. Get rid of SoCal. Give Southern California mem- you know, pass holders a 10% discount on the premium or something like that. Yeah. And get rid of the other two. I mean. I can tell you because now I've started going on Sundays. Everybody in line has got one of those, either Southern California Select or Southern California. Like everybody. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, well, we'll go a couple times. Um, also, you, you didn't mention this, but parking went up uh, $30. $30, I think, went from 99 to 129 to add parking to a deluxe what, or a SoCal. What's one-day parking now? 15 Yeah, still 15 That's what it was. Yeah. We'll, two we'll days keep, ago. We'll keep watching that, though. I'm sure that's going to go up, too. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Well, we, we know price increases are expected. We, we, know, we know there's no getting around that. And, and I think we all knew... That there was going to be a big hit come Cars Land opening. The percentages are just 
they are out yeah. there. Well, you know what's funny, Wayne? When, when I did the research and got some stuff out of Orange County Register, I didn't read this quote, but it basically supports what you said about the market bearing it. They have a quote from somebody who said, I didn't expect them to raise the prices so much. I make monthly payments, so an extra $90 spread out over the course of 12 months is going to be worth it. Yeah, see, so, we're, not, we're not feeling it as much because of the monthly payments. Yeah. In any event, uh, um, boy, do we think it'll stop here. It'll be interesting to see what um, what, what extra the extra brings. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If this is going to continue this way, and I mean, we've we've said for a number of years that we're waiting for Disneyland to hit a one-day ticket price of a hundred dollars. Now I think, unfortunately, when are we going to see annual passes go to a grand a year? There was speculation that that was what the premiere was going to do, but luckily it didn't. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to start doing my work on Sundays. Like I, there's a there's a part of me that psychologically says this is it, even though I know I probably get I get my money's worth out of it. It's just the idea. I just. And Pete's, I know Pete and Orlando talk about it. And to me, this was the, okay, you want it? You, you pushed me to the point. Now the question is whether I'm really going to suck it up and say no, or I'm going to, for, you know, the rest of my family, or I'm going to say no. Okay, I'll do it. What's interesting, and I know this is just a little anecdote. My brother and his family are coming out from Ohio, and I assumed that they were going to, I'm like, come on, your brother's on a Disneyland podcast. You're going to Disneyland, right? And he, Text me back. No, it's too. We're, they're going to San Diego, Orange County, all the thing. No, too expensive. Hmm. I mean, so he's not a huge Disney fan, and when you come out here, you're supposed to go. But I consider him a regular Midwestern family, and it's like, you know what? It's too expensive. Yeah. Let's use that money and do something else. Like maybe what? you could save that money, and we can stay on a condo right on the Pacific Ocean. See, that's my thing, is I think they're getting to the point where people are going, well, maybe we could do something different. Now yeah. that we're getting into this stratosphere, vacation things in Southern California that were out of price ranges might now be in price ranges, if you compare them. Sure. Well, and, and they are you know they are catering to the long-term traveler because your five-day your – five, uh, let's see, your five-day – Five day hardly went up. Hardly. Well, your your five day one day per one park per day went up only three and a half percent. Yeah. Um, your five day hopper went up nine percent, and that's the lowest of the hoppers. Lowest percentage of the hoppers went up nine percent, which is still a huge and, increase. Jeez. And, and the thing that I think is okay, we don't. Okay, first of all, we're all kind of jaded in a way because we all Us? kind of do this. No. Do this. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say for a living, but we do this right for the podcast. But I'm thinking of. Some of the families that I started going to Disneyland with, with like three kids and the aunt and the uncle, and I, I got one kid. That's easy. I can't. Yeah. And Tom, you got one kid. That's easy. Right. When you got you, but when you multiply it, oh, yeah, I know. Wow. With two kids here, it's like I'd, I'd reach my edge. I don't know. Yeah. My, I know my boss is, um, my day job boss is having the same issue. You know, he's got multiple kids and he's like, no, not premium next year. So. That's chat night on Wednesdays for uh, <laughs> more ticket talk. Yeah. Okay. With your yeah, there's there's yeah. a big thread on the boards. Okay. I'll put a link to it. But yeah. If you had four kids, I did, I did my multiplication. Four kids, that's $2,600. Might as well just go yep. to Disney World for a week. 
I mean, I'm just, I mean, not, it's different, local, but the, that's a nice family vacation right there. Absolutely. Yeah. In anybody's book. Heck, that's a short, you know, that's a short cruise. But just so. think of how many days enjoyment you get out of that. Well, hey, if it's not crowded anymore, then maybe it's worth it. That's all I'm saying. That will be the interesting thing to see what happens next to the crowd levels and the demographic changes. Next we're, not, we're not going to see that for a year. Yeah, we won't see it for a while, but when things quiet down, who knows? You know, we don't know what's going to happen. In a way, Cars Land might actually make everything less crowded because it'll only be, <laughs> it'll only be the vacationers and the people with the premium passes. Well, you know, it depends on how much interest is on those construction loans Disney has out, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, did we beat that one to death? Yeah, pretty much. I think so. Cool. And that's the news. There we go. Okay. Tony, you you, need to say it. (laughs) All right, let's do rapid fire. Let's start with Wayne. All righty then. We've talked so much about Disneyland, but as we know, there sure is a lot of other entertainment around Southern California. And what I thought I'd do is hit three of the major other theme park venues and go over what to expect for this summer. And let's start at Knott's Berry Farm. On June the 16th, they are going to have a Latin music festival. That's going to be free with admission. They'll do that in the park at the Wagon Camp facility. Knott's is very good about doing these little festivals, these little entertainment things periodically throughout the year. It's one of the things I'm glad they have kept up over the years. Knott's has also been trying to do the pin trading thing. They have loosely done pins for sales for several years now, and they're going to make a step up. They're actually going to start a pin trading event on May 25th. They're going to kick it off with 31 different designs that will include everything from the Peanuts collection to the traditional Knott's Berry Farm collection. There will be both future and seasonal events, rides, attractions, and characters that are all uniquely Knott's as part of their pin collection series. So for those of you that are interested in that kind of thing, add Knott's to your list of great little pins to collect. Later on in the summer, I hear they are still, they are planning on opening the Snoopy Ice Show again. There is no opening date for that, but I have heard from some of the folks inside that they are going to have that again this summer, so look for those opening dates. Soak City will begin daily operation this coming weekend, May the 26th. Check your online schedule for operating hours. Generally, they're open until about 6 or 7 p.m. daily. And speaking of season passes, a Knott's Berry Farm seasonal pass is only $70. (laughs) They have daily specials right now, especially for the spring, that go down as low as $37. So Knott's still is a very good value for the money, and it's a fun little place. If you've never been to the Mystery Lodge, you really do got to add that to your list. And and I saw on their Facebook page that they're really close to announcing details for Halloween. 
as usual, yes, yes. And they've got their work cut out for them. Based on what we've seen Universal do in the last couple of years, and especially all the alternative stuff down at Disney, Knott's now has some competition, and I think it's good. It keeps them on their toes. Okay, let's go a little farther north up to Universal Studios Hollywood. The big news here is Transformers 3D The Ride grand opening this coming weekend, May 25th. As a matter of fact, for Memorial Day, they're going to do early entry for Transformers 3D beginning at 7.30 a.m. So let's get in line, folks. From what I've heard from some of the pre-reviews, this is this is super. This is this is another one of those extreme next-gen type rides, and supposed to be pretty cool. Additionally, they're going to introduce some new meet-and-greet characters. This summer, you'll be able to see the Lorax from Dr. Seuss's movie, The Lorax. Um, they're still on the studio tour touting the Three Kong, th- sorry, the King Kong 360 3D attraction. That's the one that was created by Peter Jackson on the studio tour. In addition to the famous, the world famous Universal Studios studio tour, you have the Simpsons ride, the mummy, Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, better hurry on watching that show. Rumors are that there might be another, uh, another attraction coming to that area. Um, Waterworld, their House of Horror, and of course, don't forget City Walk, which is almost a destination and at least a half a day itself in entertainment value. There are many other places to go around Southern California, but if you go to the far north section of the area, there's another theme park that doesn't get much mention. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but let's just mention that Six Flags Magic Mountain is still a very entertaining place to go, especially if you are in love with rides. This is an extreme ride park if ever there was one this summer they are opening they always open something new and it's always something petrifying (laughs) and this summer is no exception they are going to open the lex luthor drop of doom this is the world's tallest vertical drop and i saw a picture of this thing and let me just tell you There's no way. There is absolutely no way. You've seen these kind of sit in the chair, legs dangling to the, to the bare earth below, haul you up a pole and then just drop you down. That's what this type of ride is. Only they're not going to build a separate tower. They're attaching this to both sides of the iconic Superman Escape Ride. So you and your friends can experience this thrill while Superman cars are blasted to the top of the very same structure. You're going to sit inside a floorless gondola. You'll be pulled up to the top of a 400-foot tower, dangling to the ground. What have you, what have you? Experience a brief pause and then drop it <laughs> up to 85 miles an hour. And after a five second free fall, you'll be stopped by sophisticated magnetic braking just a few feet from the ground. I 
am not going on this ride, but for you thrill seekers, this is going to be crazy. Are they going to have signs saying you must go to the bathroom before <laughs> continuing on in the line? I mean, those seats are just no going to be nasty. An hour of riding, you must be in good condition. Pregnant women will not be admitted, no matter what your excuse is. The, pi- the picture. Oh, can't wait for the first guy to have a coronary on that one. Well, this is what Magic Mountain is famous for. Oh, yeah, the and, and for those of you thrill seekers who really do like the extreme ride parks, you really can't ignore Magic Mountain. Magic Mountain used to be very great with a lot of shows. I don't see hardly any, if any, shows that are at that park anymore. They do have some character meet and greets with some of the um I want to say some of the Marvel characters, but that may not be right. They still do the no, there are um, it's uh, DC characters. That's that's what it DC is. Thank you. They're Nancy. DC. They're all DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the ride lineup, they have Batman the Ride, Dive Devil, the Gold Rusher, Goliath, which is a super coaster, which I do just love. Green Lantern, which is the first vertically spinning coaster in the U.S., and that that ride just, I I get a headache just looking at it. The new Lex Luthor ride, Ninja, the classic revolution. If you've ever seen the, the, the the original movie Vacation, the Revolution is the roller coaster that's featured in that with Chevy Chase and the gang. Scream, Superman the Escape from Krypton, Tatsu, which is the fastest and tallest and longest flying coaster on Earth. You can see that going all over the mountain. The Riddler's Revenge, which is a stand-up coaster. Viper and X2. And to get in, believe it or not, it's only $62 for one day and you can buy an annual pass for the same amount. So the first day you go, you can get your annual pass, and if you buy four of them, you can also get a parking pass. Online prices go down to $37. They do have a front-of-the-line option called a flash pass, and you can even get all-day meals, uh, a pass for, for getting meals all day long. So, Thrill Seekers, Magic Mountain. Maybe I'll have to uh, get very brave later this summer. <laughs> Go get sick and take pictures. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for Wes to get tall enough to ride some of those so we can... Oh, man. Yeah. That's, your, um, that's your alternative parks for Southern California Review. Um, let's go with Tony. you got something to follow up that up, don't you? Uh, okay, yes. Going back down south to San Diego... At SeaWorld, they're launching Manta the same weekend as Transformers is being debuted in Universal Studios. Manta will be launching Memorial Day weekend, and it is SeaWorld's new immersive mega attraction that will transition you from watching Rays, Manta Rays, in underwater flight flight, to the sensation of actually being a Manta. That's the whole theme behind it. So you're going to start on a unique launch station where you'll be enclosed in a tunnel with larger-than-life images of rays projected on a enveloping screen. And then you'll actually go into the ride like you are a Manta, and it's a half-mile course in your giant Manta Ray-shaped ride car, and you'll feel the exhilaration of pulling three to four Gs through more than a dozen twists and high-bank turns and a thrilling 54-foot drop. 
And then when you're done riding or whether you decide not to ride, one thing SeaWorld always does is they're going to educate you too. They have a new 100,000 gallon aquarium to see rays through eight large acrylic windows as well as touch and feed bat rays at the attraction's shallow touch pool. So there's another reason to go to a moderately priced non-Disney park. And SeaWorld is such a fun place. I love going to SeaWorld. And they have that whole um, uh, fun card when you get you you buy one for the day, and then basically you get it's a I think it's about the same price or a few bucks more. Let me check for seventy three dollars. You basically get that day and then the rest of that calendar year. So there you go. Excellent. Thank you, Tony. Um, I think I'm going to go next. The Disneyland Resort has announced their first new guided tour since 2005. Cultivating the Magic will begin uh, June 2nd, and on the tour you will learn about landscapes and gardens that have transformed 260 acres of orange groves into Disneyland Park. And it's not just about pointing out the plants, it's how you'll discover how horticulture is used to tell a story and how it helped Walt achieve Walt Disney's vision for his original Magic Kingdom. You'll experience uh, select Disney Park attractions in a whole new way and learn about the historical significance of trees that you may have walked past dozens of times in past visits to the park. Uh, The tour is approximately two hours long, and the tour will be ran Saturdays and Sundays at 9 and Mondays at 10 a.m. All guests will receive a souvenir pin and exclusive seed packet, and the cost on this new tour is a mere $49 per person. And that's $39.20 if you have a annual pass, deluxe or premium annual pass, AAA, Disney Visa, DVC, and you can book that 30 day, up to 30 days in advance. Sounds like a fun tour. Indeed. Yeah, it does. All right, and let's finish up with Nancy. Okay. I know this isn't really much of a rapid-fire, rapid-fire, but can I say after going to the parks on Saturday can I give a couple people a really good piece of advice go to the right (laughs) nice if if you're coming from the Mickey and Friends parking structure or the hotels we we have to realize in the next few weeks the lines are going to be building all the way to the center of the Esplanade and one of the things oh, that yeah, continually okay. happens is that people coming from the Mickey and Friends lot and from the Disney hotels tend to walk from the same direction. When they hit, they kind of stop at the first lines going into the park. They don't make their way up and all the way around to the right-hand side of the gates, and the lines are much shorter there. Same with going into the parking garage. Usually the right-hand side will be better, but you know what? Take whichever side the least number of people are going up that ramp because you're going to be much happier in the long run. (laughs) I sat in a huge long line on a ramp all the way up to the top on Saturday. It just wasn't pretty. So just a little tip, go to the right. I had a cast member actually tell me, don't play the famous game, Follow the Leader, when you're in Disneyland. Yep. All right. Thank you, Nancy. It is time for the threat of the week. And Yay. since Mary Jo's not here, playing bingo again, I picked out one that I thought might be entertaining. Um, this comes from Jump Around. 
and of course on the Disneyland boards. Is it worth it? No, is it worth it to wait around an hour or plus to see parade slash fireworks? I'm wondering if it's really worth it to wait around for so long to see parades, fireworks, shows. Every time I do, there are rude people that shove their way in front of me, put their kids on their shoulders. I'm short, and I have a six-year-old, so once someone steps in front of us, it's pretty hard to see. And I spend the entire time PO'd. So what are your opinions on this? So some people are saying that they stake out maybe a half hour. Um, Some people are saying, well, use that time to go on rides, because everybody else is watching the parade. Uh, Let's see, somebody else... What was that other? Oh, here's a good rule of thumb. This is from Mrs. WH. I think it's a good rule of thumb to wait no longer than you would wait for a ride you like equally well. And I think that's kind of good advice if, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you're waiting for a parade. If you don't really like the parade, why are you waiting so long for it? Yeah. If you if you can get the same amount of enjoyment out of a, a tr- another attraction, why are you, you know? Yeah, I for me, we've kind of scoped out some of the places where we can just walk up at the last minute yeah. and get in there. And you know, if you think about it, find out where your parade is starting. If it's the early parade, most often it starts at Small World and it right. takes its sweet time coming all the way down to Main Street. You can actually walk into the park, walk into um, Town Square, walk over to one of those little cannons in the middle and sit your butt down like less than 15 minutes before the parade hits there. And it's a great seat. You don't have to fuss. Right. So. As far as sitting, as far as having people sit in front of you or stand in front of you, especially if you've got kids. When the lines are forming, if you don't already see the ropes up, the separator ropes, ask the cast member where the front of the parade line is going to be. Sit your kids right on that rope line. That guarantees that no one's going to get in front of you and your kids. This is what I do every time I really want to sit a, see a parade. Find that rope line. Sit yourself down right on that rope line. All right. Yep. Good advice. And there's I'll put a link to this on the show notes so everybody can see what other deserts have to say about it. And now let's talk about our segment, which is everything and anything that's happening this summer at Disneyland. We've kind of divided it up, and we're going to start with Nancy, who is going to tell us what's happening at Disneyland this summer. Well, let's start off with Main Street. Now, the Gibson Girl Ice Cream Parlor has reopened. They scrapped all of the old interior decorating. They have reopened it. With new flooring gone are the black and white checkerboard squares and the whitewashed wood. Lots of beautiful, um, beautiful woods and, and soft colors and absolutely intricate queue lines. Now there's a solid permanent queue with a wall bordering it so that the queue and the people sitting at tables don't kind of run into each other. Gone is the elephant. Gone is the back seating area. However, in the, in their place is a beautiful new exhibition waffle kitchen. 
And so you can actually, what they did was, the old counter was really inefficient. They had the waffles along it, and then you had to walk all along that counter just to get to like two or three cash registers at the end. Well, now they have cash registers all the way across, and they've relegated the waffle making into a glass aquarium. <laughs> but it's did really you tap the, fun. Did you tap the glass? Actually, she even she even photobombed me. <laughs> so I'll have that picture in the blog. She had to she had to give me the big old cheesy grin thumbs up while she had the waffle stuff in her hand. <laughs> It was kind of cute. But we went in, actually went in and um, kind of explored the area before it was even open for the day. We, I think we went in at like 9 in the morning and took a look around, and it doesn't open till much later in the morning. So we got nice, clean pictures with nobody around inside the parlor. And then we went next door to the Penny Arcade, which has completely been rearranged. Actually, both the Penny Arcade and the Candy Palace have completely been rearranged. The Penny Arcade, most notably, they've restored the concert orchestrion that is in the back that was bought um, by Walt and has been in the Penny Arcade since 1955. And they have restored it to the point where it can play its original music. So, gone are the, um, the little coin drop boxes and touch screen controls and and the Nickelodeon reels and it, it just sounds 100% better it's just absolutely beautiful my kids were mesmerized and another thing they've done you know how the arcade used to have all the games out front you know like the, all the little coin operated um you know, movie reels and the Pinocchio doll and, and yeah. of course Esmeralda is still up front. Well, they've Yay. taken and interspersed them in with the shelves, in with the product shelves. Because of course the Candy Palace has expanded its wares into the back of the Penny Arcade. So they've kind of made it so in order to see all the old, um, all the old novelty electronic, or mechanical wonders, coin-operated mechanical wonders, you actually have to go through the whole store. So that's kind of cool. Now, over at the Candy Palace next door, since all these shops kind of blend together, they have effectively doubled the size of the candy kitchen. So now the guys working in a little tiny sweat box are no longer in a little tiny sweat box. They have actually taken away the old cash register that was right behind the kitchen, and that is ex- the kitchen has expanded all the way to that far wall. They have made a separate little place. They have three tempering, chocolate tempering machines now inside a little kind of closet so they can, you know, have it kind of out of the way. They've increased the size of the um, candy-making refrigerated table, and they have separate little counters and more windows where you can watch what's going on. So really, really nice. They even uh, did copper plate decorating on the ceiling. So, so where is checkout now? Where are the cashiers now for the candy pills? I'm getting to that. They have taken the refrigerated cases for the apples and moved them all the way to the very back where um, Coke Corner um comes into the back of the candy palace. So if you're cutting through the shops, it's that little cut through area. They've taken that entire big central um 
candy case, you know, that where they keep all the freshly made candies they've mm-hmm. t- and cookies and stuff. They've taken out that central island with the cash wrap in the middle, and they've moved that stuff off to the sides. So the side wall that leads um, where they share the kitchen with Coke Corner, it's all it's all um, registers and then little glass cases. And then opposite on the full opposite side of the store is now um, the apples and such. And then they took one of those cases and actually moved it behind Esmeralda. Oh. Up in the up in the Penny Arcade. So Sounds if you want, like this is going to improve f- crowd flow a lot. Oh my God, the traffic flow is unbelievably different. And they've what they've done is they've put some shorter, small merchandising shelves in the middle. So and they're not wide or huge, so they're very easy to get around. So yeah, traffic flow is entirely. Um, improved, and you also don't have all the people gawking at the candy making while other people are trying to get in line at the cash wrap next door. Right, right. So that's really relieved it. Now, the next part of that whole block is the fact that the Carnation Cafe is going to be opening real soon, and people are looking forward to this, although if you want any of the old breakfast items, most of those are going to be gone. No longer will, will they be having the cinnamon French toast or the um, croissant eggs Benedict. They are, however, adding some new um, some new specials. They will still have the the legendary Oscar's Choice breakfast, which is the eggs, potatoes, biscuit, bacon, and um, or chicken sausage links. They have now um, apple granola pancakes. Huevos Rancheros with corn tortillas, poached eggs, salsa, and avocado black bean pico de gallo. And even a spinach and egg white frittata for breakfast. And then for lunch, they're going to bring back the baked potato soup. And they're adding a few more things. They've got the meatloaf. They're not getting rid of the meatloaf. But they're serving it with edamame succotash. Oh, my. I. I miss my. I'll, I'll be missing my uh, my lovely seasoned broccoli cauliflower carrot mix. I can tell you with meatloaf. No. Sorry, I don't like huh? it. You, down. I thought you liked the meatloaf sandwich. No, I like meatloaf sandwich. I don't know what Edamame's doing there. Yeah, I know it, it's kind of, and, and even the Disney blog called it trendy Edamame succotash. They are adding a couple new things. They're going to do um, a sustainable fresh fish of the day. And they're going to have Walt's favorite chicken fried chicken breast with mashed potatoes. Now, the new burger, because everybody's having a new burger, they're going to have a green chili cheeseburger with a fried egg on toasted brioche, which is the same bread that the um, chicken salad at the Jolly Holiday Bakery has. And um, What about the salad with craisins? Where's the salad yeah, with craisins? Yeah, where's the craisins? <laughs> you know, they didn't even mention that on the Disney blog. I'm sure there'll be one. Yeah, I, let's, I know. I think that's worth a, a true bet. <laughs> for kids, for kids, they're going to have um, the usual mac and cheese. They're going to have the chicken fried chicken with mashed potatoes and veggies, or a burger. So, my kids will be happy that the mac and cheese is there because, frankly, that portion serves two kids. <laughs> so that's for the Carnation Cafe. Now let's move farther back into the park. What do you guys want me to talk about? Frontierland or, or Fantasyland? Frontierland. 
Okay, we're going to go to Frontierland for our next update because Lord only knows things are popping up all over. If you've managed to make your way up to Big Thunder Ranch, keep going up and inside because that is how you enter the festival arena. And the festival arena for the summer is home to the Big Thunder Jamboree. Now, this area, I think as we've said on an earlier podcast, this is going to be the section where if your kid's high school is performing, high school band or whatever is performing, then you're going to go back up into this section while the um, Carnation Garden is closed for its refurbishment. So not only do they have a big stage up there, large seating area, but they've also got some kind of fun Western-type theming going in. Now you're going to get all the great, you know, the great music and songs. They have a show that's appearing a couple times a day. Now the show is really actually kind of fun. They've got a bunch of their singers and dancers, and they have their, the famous Farley the Fiddler who plays around in uh, Frontier in Frontierland, usually down by the the Diamond Horseshoe, Golden Horseshoe, Golden Horseshoe. I'm sorry, I messed up my parks. Three, two, one. <laughs> oh, that's staying in. Okay, fine. And, uh, sorry, I messed up my parks. I mean, God, we're going to Florida in a few weeks, you know? (laughs) I've seen them play Um, up up in front of the hat shop there where the the leather goods and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays on that patio, too. Anyway. Okay. And Farley is joined by a bunch of, you know, basically hoedown types, um, all dressed in really cute costumes. And they actually come down, and Mickey and Minnie join in their Western wear. And they do country line dancing. They do kind of a sort of a square dance kind of thing. Um, Just really fun. The kids really enjoyed it. Also, other characters in famous Western wear are Clarabelle Cluck. I'm sorry, Claire about cow. Cluck, Cluck. What's Claire, her name? Claire Cluck. Claire Cluck. Yeah. See, why do they have two characters named? Claire? I don't know. I don't know. Must have been something in Walt's head. That's all I gotta say. Um, horse, horse collar. These are characters you hardly ever see except like the Christmas parade. And Chippendale, Donald and Daisy, Goofy. In fact. Uh, Goofy and Donald were actually fighting over Daisy when I was there. (laughs) (laughs) And Daisy ended up uh, arm-in-arm with Goofy walking off. Nice. Great. (laughs) I had to get a picture of that one, so that'll be in the blog. Uh, One of the things we liked about the particular thing is they've also added some, like, Western crafts and stuff. So on one side, you've got a woodworkers guild doing um, wood carving demonstrations and on the other side next to the Conestoga wagon they the actually girl's have, side. Yeah, okay. they have a quilt display and you know they they, they hmm? have a what they have a, a what a quilting quilt display. quilt okay you know every pioneer learned to make a quilt you know <laughs> and in the middle, kind of in that area, they actually had a whole bunch of cast members with lassos teaching uh, roping and lasso twirling. And some of the cast members were actually really good, of, really good with it. My daughter went up and tried my oldest one, and she actually did fairly good with it too. 
So I just thought that was kind of fun and fascinating. And, of course, they have a, a nice character meet and greet with the photo pass and stuff. All in all, tons of shade back there. Just really nice interaction. All the cast members were great. Lots of seating area. Oh, and coloring. Cannot forget the coloring. Probably should mention that it's only open on the weekends. Yes. Thank you, Tom. I was getting to that. Okay, sorry. No, that's fine. It is only open on the weekends and is not open all day. So, once again, check your times guide for the hours. And as you're walking along the back, you can cut your butt over to Fantasyland through the back pathway. And we have a couple new things there. One, um, obviously the Matterhorns are going to be, the Matterhorn is going to be reopening. Couple new points to this. The seating arrangement because of the new ride vehicles has been completely changed. The ride vehicles as they were, you, you know, one person sat in the other person's lap and there were two seats like that in each vehicle. Now it's more like for your Walt Disney World folks, it's more like Space Mountain where you have three seats, one behind the other and two cars connected. So, each one will have, each train will have six. Six. six yeah, six seats. <laughs> I couldn't remember if two trains were stuck together or four trains, that. or four, four cars were stuck together. So yeah, it's only two cars. It's only two cars. Okay. Two yeah, cars. So, so, needless to say, Gone six the and the height. seats. Yeah. And well, no more, no more taking your smaller, shorter child on it either, because since the kids are going to be in their own seats, the restriction yeah. has now gone up to 42 inches. That's, I mean, I've seen reports, but I've also seen reports that it's not changing, so we'll have to wait and see for sure. Yeah. Well, needless to say, that's been causing a lot of controversy on yeah. the boards, and people are, are mourning the fact that there was their first one they ever took their child on, and, and it was their first roller coaster because they were so small. Frankly, my kids still don't want to go on it because they're scared to death of the darn Yeti. <laughs> so I can't get my kids on it to save the world. I'll be interested in seeing with the new seat arrangement and especially these big you know, roll bars that are behind each seats. Mm-hmm. How's the forward viewing going to be for everyone except the one in the front seat? Mm, right. No clue. We'll be trying it out, though. I can almost guarantee every single one of us will go on that. Yep. Show enough. That's right. Darn it. And I'm uh, I'm curious to see how much smoother the ride is with new vehicles. Oh, God, I hope so. Yes, that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, you know, did they actually say come right out and say anything about modifying track? No. Yes. Did they? Yes. Okay. Did they? Yeah, I, I I read that track improvements were going to be made in this last phase. So I'm hoping that's exactly what they do is smooth things out a bit. Yep. Well, once you have uh, enjoyed that section, another new thing that I'm going to report on that we just did this week and it just opened last Friday is the Brave meet and greet with Merida. Now, I really enjoyed this meet-and-greet area, and so did Lily. I took my littlest one. Um, and something to consider, they say it's in Small World Plaza. It is actually up along... Small World Plaza is large and open, and, and Small World's on one side, and there's a bunch of nice horticulture on the other side. They've actually nestled the meet-and-greet into this section of the plaza there in front of the horticulture. And they are, for the queue, they are using 
the terraced section where they route all of the overflow small world queue during when it's small world holiday. So, keeping that in mind, you actually have to come all the way around towards Small World and fight your way through the stroller area to get to the actual entrance to the meet and greet. Now, ours wasn't too bad at the time. We only had about a 15 to 20 minute meet and greet, or wait for the meet and greet. And one of the things I thought was interesting about this is where how they run the queue back um, along that top platform and along the water. You can't actually see everything in the meet and greet. You know how most meet and greets you go to, you see that there's another family waiting and you kind of feel pressured because, you know, there's tons of people in line behind you and you feel like you're kind of, you get your photo pass photo and you're rushed out. Not at all with this one. What they've done is they've set up an archery boss right as kind of a privacy wall. So you can't fully see what's going on in the meet and greet. You can kind of get a, a little idea when you see the, the the triplet bears pop up, but you don't really get to experience it until you're right there. And can I say that a lot of people, you know, I saw on the boards, a lot of people were saying, well, how are they going to duplicate it? Merida's face is so round and, you know, in the artwork style of the new movie. They did a nice job. Her hair was kind of wild and curly and all over the place. Kind of, I think it kind of scared Lily a little bit because she was clinging onto my leg. But, <laughs> but the gal who did her was absolutely super sweet. And she got right down on Lily's level and interacted with her and stuff. And Lily had a big smile on her face during the picture, which will also be in the blog, www.disunplugged.com. Thank you. One of the things I also really liked about the meet and greet was how they did the bears. Now, most meet and greets don't have an interactive background. And I still have not completely figured out how they've done it. But Merida will actually introduce you to the bears. And she'll ask them to sit in a picture with you. And they, everything, if it's on a timing... The photo pass, Merida, the, the cast members doing the wrangling, they are sharp because either the bears respond to voice command, like Remy and Lucky and, and Wally, or something because they'll snap in, they'll do the pose, their little pose for the picture, and then they'll move around a little bit more. So I, I thought that was very interesting and intriguing. Once you're done with Merida, you can kind of look at the, the camp that's set up behind her. And then they walk you down to the other side where another photo pass photographer is waiting, as well as a gal with archery bows. <laughs> and they've set up two bosses with cutout holes and like a back catch. And they have someone there to teach your children or you how to pull a bow how to draw a bow, and you get your chance, I think you get like two chances to uh, to try and see if you can get a bullseye, and that was fun, my little one really, really liked that a lot, once you finish, and of course they photo pass your child shooting, they photo pass you with Merida, and then they tell you, go enjoy our other activities, which are right up on the first terrace, 
So you go back to where you got in line, but go off to the right, you know, the wraparound corner section above where they park the strollers, and they have a couple more activities set up. The first one you approach is the which clan are you wheel. And so the cast member spins the wheel, and it comes up with a clan. And he tells you what your clan is, and he tells you, go to the third stone. Like, we were Clan Macintosh. So we went to the third stone at the table. And what they have you doing is they have you doing stone rubbings. And they have, you know, crayons and paper. And you put the paper on, and you rub the stone you were told to. And what you get is a relief of um, the clan head, from one of the clan heads from Brave. So once you get done with that, there is, on the way to the, the final activity, there is, of course, crayons and paper and drawings of Merida, of, of Merida and her horse Angus on the table, which takes my daughter a half an hour, can I just say, sitting there watching her color. So about the length of this segment, then. <laughs> Pretty much so. Um, so I talked her out and started doing that next so we could do the other one and the final activity is called the cake toss and they have one of those traditional carnival games where there are three circles cut in plywood and you toss a bean bag into the circle they have a net that catches the bean bags the reason it's a cake toss and the reason it's there is apparently these little cakes are the favorite snack food of the triplet bearers so that was fun. We had all those different activities. So it wasn't just your average, oh, look, there's a princess. Oh, hi. Take a picture. Smile sweet. Bye. It was actually a little more or something. So I'm kind of actually excited about that. So there we go. And I, oh, final thing, Small World <laughs> Plaza. Sorry, you reminded me about this earlier before we started taping. So... One of the things that they've talked about is seasonally they're going to mix up the Magic Memories and You Show, and they did certainly did that for the Christmas holidays. For the summer, they've got um, more summer flower forest kind of scenes. They're going to do everything from turning it into a sandcastle, taking you under the ocean, taking you with Tim- Timon and Pumbaa, and all kinds of interesting Fun summer type stuff. So that should be... And Phineas and Ferb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost forgot. Phineas and Ferb are going to start the whole thing off. So there we go. Disney Synergy at its finest. And and, and they said Disney California Adventure was going to have all the fun stuff this summer. I know. There's tons of stuff. Have you guys not been surprised at everything that's been kind of popping up over the last couple months that's all of a sudden these changes? Right. So, there you go. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Let's head over to the California Adventure. Uh, Tony and I are going to split this up, and then after we're done, Wayne is going to cover everything we missed at Disneyland. Everything you've everything ever wanted to know. know. <laughs> about entertainment at both California Adventure and Disneyland. Well, since since nothing really is going on at DCA this no. summer, you know, we might as well just wrap up with that. Okay. So, I'm going to talk about Excuse me, I'm going to talk about Buena Vista Street a little bit. So you're going to enter through the brand new Pacific 
Pan Pacific Auditorium turnstiles, and you'll find yourself in a stylized version of 1930s and 1920s and 30s Los Angeles. Buena Vista Street, of course, was named after the street in Burbank where Walt Disney Studios are located. But unlike the Hollywood Boulevard in our current uh, Hollywood Pictures backlight, you won't recognize any of these buildings. You'll find certain bits and pieces that are reminiscent of familiar buildings, but nothing, nothing specific. In fact, to keep the area kind of authentic, they hired five different architects to design different sections of Buena Vista Street in order to give, give each facade a slightly different look and to promote the feeling that the area was built up over time. Remember that these, this is, there's only a little new construction in this area, but most of the existing, most of the existing Sunshine Plaza buildings were saved, and there's just new facades put in place. But all the interiors were redesigned, and, you know, as with things, most things Disneyland, it's all about the details. You're gonna see 400 different designs of custom ceramic tile in these buildings. Wow. It's just gonna be awesome. I'm excited. Uh, running across Buena Vista Street will be a recreation of the Glendale Hyperion Bridge. That bridge was completed in 1929 and spans Interstate 5 and the Los Angeles River in Atwater Village. And, of course, I pass out through it under it every time I drive down to Anaheim. I pass by it every single day. There you go. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to have to stop and take a picture. Okay, so I'm going to run down Buena Vista Street real quick and go through some of the shops. Normally, I'll you know, start on the right because that's just the way I am. But I have to start on the left because the first shop you encounter on the left is called Oswald's. Mm-hmm. It looks like a filling station, but they're just calling it Oswald's. They, they changed the name during the process. And, of course, it's a reference to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoons from the 20s and 30s. Oswald was Walt's first major hit in 1927, but in a contract dispute, he lost the rights to Universal, prompting him, of course, to come up with another character named Mickey. I think you've heard of him. The 2006 trade that Bob Iger spearheaded to regain the rights to the character will probably be talked about more than anything else Iger has done during his era, but I'm not sure Al Michaels would agree. Um Oswalds will feature all your road trip essentials, including autograph books, hats, antenna toppers, keychains, and travel mugs. Now, next to Oswalds, and I'm guessing kind of behind Oswalds, you'll find guest services in about the same spot it used to be. Heading a little bit down the street, you're going to find Los Feliz Five and Dime. And that's where you're going to find a variety of clothing inspired by railways and trolleys, plus you'll find some retro-look character merchandise. Finally, on that side of the street, you're going to find Elias and Company. That's going to be the biggest store on Buena Vista Street. You'll find a little of everything there, including merchandise based on retro attraction posters. Plus, you'll find a line of men's fedoras and executive-style accessories. And adjacent to Elias and Company, you'll find Big Top Toys with all your plush needs and a jewelry store. On the other side of the street, let's start back at the main entrance. As before, the first thing you're going to find is the restrooms, followed by the lockers. And, of course, they redesigned the facade on that. Next to that, you're going to find Mortimer's Market. It's an open-air market, and it'll sell your normal fruit and water, juices, sodas, things like that. Also on on that block will be Julius Katz & Son selling gadgets and home decor. 
Atwater Paint, Ink and Paint, Atwater, that's where the Glendale Hyperion Bridge is. Atwater Ink and Paint will be selling other items for your home. Plus you'll find the photo, plus you'll find the photo pass location, Kingswell Camera Shop. Anyone know where Kingswell came from? Anyone know that uh, reference? Oh, oh, I didn't know I mean, know everything, that. everything's a reference to something, so I was just trying to think of... Don't know that reference. Okay. Um, give me a couple seconds. I'll okay, we'll come that. back to you. After all that shopping, you've earned something sweet, so that's where you'll find the trolley treats, which will contain a, mo- a replica of the Rock Candy Mountain, which was planned for Disneyland and never built. That was going to be part of the... Uh, Casey Jr. train area was going to be this Rock Candy Mountain. And so you're going to have a replica of that in the Trolley Treats location. Just around the corner. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Kingswell. I've got it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Kingswell. Okay. Um, The Disney Brothers cartoon studio in the summer of 1923 was located in his uncle Robert Disney's garage located at 4406 Kingswell Avenue Thank in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles. There, and there's the full Los Feliz. Yep. Okay. Well, yep. All righty then. Okay, you were going to say about... Which I drive through every day at work to, to go to work too. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, you, Literally. You we actually something? drove by his home in... Um, Ian and I did once upon a time, a long time ago, we drove through Los Feliz neighborhoods and found his old house with the D's in stained glass on the windows. Nice. Stuff is really cute. Little Wayne, bungalow. Wayne, you were going to say something? So I, I keep looking for all the replacements that we know belong at the front of the park. So you mentioned the big the big souvenir store. Okay, we got that. Right. Now, this one, I assume, is the candy store. Yeah, Charlie Treats is going to be the candy store. I don't want to jump jump ahead, but I'm still looking for the bakery where I can get my muffin first thing in the morning. Uh-huh, okay. That's going to be where be... the Starbucks is. Okay, so right. just around the corner from Trolley Treats is going to be Clarabelle's hand-scooped ice cream. Yay! Serving sundaes and other concoctions. But the most interesting that I saw, they're going to be selling custom hand-dipped ice cream bars. You know how you can custom <gasps> dip your pretzel rods? Oh, you nice. watch as they'll dip them in milk or dark chocolate. Then you get to select your toppings from the normal nuts or sprinkles. Or they even have fun toppings like Pop Rocks <gasps> you can put on your, your, your dryer's ice cream bar. Wow. And, of course, as Nancy mentioned, Fiddler, Pfeiffer, and Practical Cafe rounds out the block, serving signature sandwiches, soups, and desserts, plus Starbucks coffee and some of their breakfast items and pastries. And I'm sure the, that's where you'll find your muffin. And Trivia, the- Tony, who are fiv- – who are – Trivia, Tony, who are those you know never to go anything historically. <laughs> I can't oh, remember. come on, Fiddler. That's why, I remember, I'm not the I... historical. Didn't you listen to the one where I didn't know the princesses? Is this just <laughs> make me even more embarrassed? I don't know. I don't oh, remember. Come on. Everyone <laughs> knows this. I, I thank you. I feel even worse. The three little no, pigs. Great. Fiddler three little pigs. was the first one <laughs> with, the stra- with the House of State. Don't ever be a teacher, by the way, just so you know. Everyone knows this, students. Come on. How do you not know this? <laughs> All right. And the cafe will have outdoor seating under a large oak tree. And, of course, looming at the end of Buena Vista Street will be a replica of the Carthay Circle Theater, which hosted the premiere of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves in 1937. No movies here. Instead, the ground floor will play host to I, 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 we don't have confirmation. We know one lounge, but I'm, I'm assuming there will be two lounges. 
including 1901, which will be exclusive to Club 33 members. And on the second floor, the Carthay Circle Restaurant, with a menu by Andrew Sutton, will be serving food that focuses on the diverse flavors found in Southern California. And there will be outdoor seating with views of, I think you'll be able to see World of Color, and on the north balcony you'll be able to see some of the fireworks from Disneyland. From Carthay? From Carthay, Mm -hmm. if you time it right. Remember, it's going to look quite a distance for World of Color. It's two Uh, stories, and it looks across the bridge. Yeah, yeah, I may be, I may be wrong with the World of Color, but I know that they, they, I heard that that they'll be able to fireworks. Fireworks, I can see for sure. That'll that'll actually be a good location for for Disneyland fireworks. I may, I may have misspoke on the World of Color. You can always come. Running through Villa Vista Street will be the red car trolley. Replicas Yay. of the red cars that used to make their way through Los Angeles. These red cars will take you from the main entrance, down Buena Vista Street, around Carthay Circle, then through what's going to be called Hollywood Land, finally stopping at the Tower of Terror. One final thing. Across from Carthay Circle Restaurant, right in front of Elias and Company, will be a park. And in that park, you'll find a new Walt and Mickey statue that bookends the statue at Disneyland. This one is called Storytellers. And features Walt and Mickey with suitcases in hand as if they've just arrived in Los Angeles. And I think we've talked about this before, but it's worth saying again. And this one won't be up on a pedestal like the one at Disneyland, because at this point in his life, Walt was just like all of us. So this will be placed ground level, so we'll be able to see Walt and Mickey up close. And that's Buena Vista Street. Sounds Yay. great. I'm, I'm so excited about this. And, you know, people ask me, are you excited about Cars Land? It's like, you know, I'm excited to see, about, see Cars Land, but I'm excited how the the effect that Buena Vista Street is going to have on this park. Isn't the, doesn't Buena Vista Street have a fountain in there, too, in the middle? There's a fountain. that The fountain is in front of the Fiddler uh, Pfeiffer and Practical Cafe. There's a fountain there that's based on an amalgam of fountains in Los Angeles. Very cool. It is going to be very cool. And you can already make reservations for Carthay Circle Restaurant. And you can already make reservations for Carthay, and they will be having a World of Color dining at Carthay Circle Restaurant. Um, And unlike the pre-fee menus at the other, at at, uh, Wine Country or at um, Ariel's, this one, you're just required to buy an entree, Plus either a dessert or an appetizer. Hmm. All right, let's over to, head over to Tony with the big news. Cars Land. Car, cars. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised when I found out Disney was going to do a whole land about the '80s rock group Cars. I mean, they had a few good <laughs> tunes, and I like Rico Kasich and all, but really. Oh, okay. I had to go there. I'm sorry. You I'm gonna make think I'm foolish. If I knew that was going to happen, I wouldn't have made that joke. Sorry, Nancy. Okay. Um, I was a big I, Cars fan. All right. Well, I'm glad I went there for you. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I'm going to give some basic details about Cars Land, but I don't want to go in depth because, not because I'm lazy. I know some of not, you guys are thinking just, that. Not just because you're lazy. No, because this is the, the, the piece de resistance. Oh, that's the Cafe Room. Wow. Um, of, of, of the whole, the the whole renovation, and I don't want to explain in detail everything, and then people get there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, they explain." Like Tony talked about this. 
Yeah, I don't want that's I don't want to ruin this is so exciting and I don't want to ruin it. So I'm giving you the basics so you know what's going to be there, basic stuff. But I don't want to ruin. I remember when we did it Star did it. I remember when we did Star Tours, Wayne, and I remember discussing and we didn't want to give stuff away. So I'm going to give you some basic details. I will go in detail about the food from what we found out so far, but not everything is specific. And I I don't want to go in order. Because then there's part of the excitement, too. You can find that. Just so you know, if you go to the Disneyland website, they have an awesome interactive page to see all the different rides and and shops and and attractions. I said attractions. The rides and the shops and the um, restaurants. So if you want to go look there, it's pretty cool. And they have cool music from that's going to be playing in Cars Land and everything. Starting with the shops, give you a little basic description of where these three, sh- there's going to be three shops in Cars Land. One will be Radiator Springs Curios, which will be in between the Cozy Cum Motel and Luigi's Flying Tires near the back left of Cars Land. And that will have Cars-themed merchandise and logo merchandise that you'll see there. Ramon's House of Body Art, which is adjacent to the Radiator Springs Racers, will have unique clothing based on the Cars theme. And then near the front, near the entrance to Cars Land, will be Sarge's Surplus Hut, and that's where you'll find some hats, plush, and kids' merchandise. But because we want everybody to be excited, wait till you go in and see it, because I'm not going to ruin it for everybody. So those are the three shops, and we're not going in order, because everybody's going to have to discover it on their own, as I'm using my hands and nobody can see. <laughs> um, okay, next we're going to go into the right, restaurants. Now. We're going to go into the restaurants. And first, one of the most exciting ones for me, Flo's V8 Cafe, mm-hmm. which is shaped like a giant air filter in Radiator Springs. And it was actually based on the Midpoint Cafe in Texas, which is famous for its ugly crust pies. Yum. So keeping that in mind, it will have an outdoor patio overlooking Ornament Valley. In the dining room, it's going to be fashioned after a showroom and serve as a museum of artifacts for from... Doc Hudson, and also you have Flo's memorabilia from her past as a Motorama girl. So that's the theming of the restaurant. Some of the breakfast items that they'll have will include a chicken tamale with scrambled eggs. Yum. No co- yum. See how? Yum. Okay, well, we'll find out when we eat it. I don't appreciate exactly, it. Exactly, but yum. With, yeah, salsa verde and pico de gallo. Um, and then they'll also have items such as a salted caramel and be- bananas brioche french toast. Uh. This is get in line now. <laughs> it always sounds better than it actually is, but that's okay. Did you try everything's it? better at Disney Resort? Yes. Okay. Some of their signature lunch and dinner items are supposed to include uh, the veggie tater bake with roasted vegetables. Yum. Um, with and smash red skin potatoes, topped with melted cheddar. A radiator. Pasta salad or coleslaw, and also they're gonna have homemade pies for dessert, including apple cheddar, strawberry rhubarb, chocolate mud, blueberry peach, or cherry. And that is Flo's V8 Cafe. Next, we have the Cozy Cone Motel. The Cozy Cone is styled after Sally's Motel from the Cars film, and it will have unique cone eats and specialty beverages. It will have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, and will be offered with limited outdoor seating. And each cone at this location will have something different. 
So in cone one, you will be able to find churro bites with cinnamon chocolate sauce, cinnamon spiced hot cocoa, and Ramon's pear, pear, P-E-A-R, of dice soda, which features dessert, pear syrup, mojito syrup, and Sprite. Ooh. See, this is already turning out so great because we're going to have different stuff in this whole new area, different stuff to shop for, different stuff to eat. Different attractions. See, it's it's worth the $2,000. I was thinking about that. Um, See, that's what Jason said before. Cone 2 offers soft serve ice cream and root beer floats, R O U T E. Cone 3 is where you're going to have those uh, crust pies, uh, heartier options served in bread cones. So for breakfast, they'll have things like uh, bacon scrambled egg or scrambled egg verde. So there's some verde um, cone. Lunch and dinner cones will include the chili cone queso that we've talked people talk about or chicken verde. The drinks at cone three will include Fillmore's Fuel and Groovy Aids, an all-natural lemonade with wild berry foam, or pomegranate limeade with lemon lime foam. Still have two more cones to go. Cone four... Pretzel bites with cheesy sauce and a non-alcoholic drink. Red's Apple Freeze. Frozen apple juice with toasted marshmallow syrup. And passion fruit mango foam. And then in cone five, there will be two popcorn flavors featured each day. So, depending when you go, depends again why you have to come back. Salt and vinegar. Pickle. No, thank you. Bacon and cheddar. Sweet and spicy or nacho cheese. And they will have Doc's Wild Grape Tonic. Sprite with wild grape syrup and wild berry foam. So those are the cones. There's so much food. And we've only gone to the I mean to two of the, the restaurants. And well actually the two restaurants. Yeah, I'm sorry. And there's so much food. The last one's a little let down, I think. Yeah, three. yeah. So much food with these two restaurants. And then in the very entrance the very entrance to Cars Land there'll be Fillmore's Taste In. And Fillmore's Taste-In will be a snack kiosk offering on-the-go healthy foods. Wah, wah. Sorry. Yeah, After the egg? chili con, car, con queso and the wild grape syrup, and now I guess they have to give the healthy. I shouldn't be anti-healthy. But they'll have fresh fruit and beverages. Not as good as the cones, in my opinion, but, but that's there, too. So those are the restaurants. And now it's time for the thing that I'm looking the most forward to, the attractions. So we'll start with Mater's Junkyard Jamboree. And it's hard for me not to do this in a Mater's Junkyard Jamboree voice. But. <laughs> um, oh, come on. You can look, do it. No, do the voice. Do the voice. No, because now I said it. I don't even think I could. I probably sound like a Rasta guy when I try it. Anyways. Um, yeah, I have no talent for doing a Mater's Junkyard Jamboree voice. But um, now that I said it. So you're going to have a toe tap and square dance hosted by Mater. And what you're going to do is you're going to be on a trailer. You're going to board a trailer pulled by a baby tractor and swing in time to lively music sung by Mater. And if you want to hear some of those tunes, if you go to the Disneyland website and click on Cars Land, you'll get to hear Mater's song. And I got stuck in my head today as I was doing some research (laughs) for this, which is kind of cool. And um, basically the story behind it is that Mater rounded up a herd of baby tractors for some old-fashioned dancing fun. And... Each of the 22 tractors are unique and different. 
unique and different. Doesn't need a qualifier. And um, they different have, they have different spots, mouse and eye colors, and they'll basically be swinging you around. And they can uh, each tractor can fit two adults and one child. If you want to see Mater, he's going to be tucked away in his shed where he's singing and operating his improvised ju- jukebox made out of discarded oil drums, hubcaps, hoods, horns, mufflers, and other assorted auto parts. There will be seven original songs sung by Mater and performed by Billy Hill and the Hillbillies. Woohoo! So, we love Billy Hill. There you go. So I'm excited about that one. Then, near the back, we have Luigi's Flying Tires. And there you basically get to be on a big air hockey table. A really huge air hockey table. That's what actually they said. But you're going to be able to float on a cushion of air aboard a larger-than-life tire, thanks to Luigi. And the story behind this is actually really interesting. So I'm going to give you the, the whole um, the story. So basically they have the, they're calling it the tradition of the flus, excuse me, they're calling it the tradition of the festival of the flying tires that dates back to the 1930s when Luigi's uncle Topolino ordered a shipment of the Fettuccini Tire Company's new tires. And to the amazement of the residents of Topolino's small Italian village, when the tires were unloaded, they began to mysteriously float off the ground and gracefully move around as if they were dancing. So to celebrate this event, the villagers put up festive banners, balloons, and bunting. And with some the addition of some tra- traditional Italian music, the Festival of the Flying Tires was born. <laughs> I, I love, love the it. story. There's, al- there's always a backstory. I know. It's so that, awesome. that one I hadn't heard. That's nice. Thanks to me either. Yeah. That is good. And Luigi and Guido wanted to share this happy memory, so they ordered a shipment of these special tires, which are actually in Italian, which I can't pronounce, tires for radiator springs. And just like in Italy, the tires mysteriously rose off the ground and began to dance. And so that's what you're celebrating when you do Luigi's flying tires, which is pretty exciting. That's cool. Um, it's the... It's going to basically be, um, it's based, it's similar to the Flying Saucers from back in the day, but they use a completely new state-of-the-art ride system. And just so you get some little um, more tidbits, it's an 8,000-square-foot Italian garden and tire storage yard. And you get to, and all you have to do is lean in the direction that you wish to move, which is pretty cool. So just lean that way, and that's the way you're going to go. There's over nearly 7,000 air vents blowing over 1.86 million cubic feet of air per minute to keep your tire floating ever so slightly above the ground. Each tire can have two adults and one child or one adult and two children. Cool. There's been a lot of talk about this ride, hasn't there? Uh, Yeah, there sure has. I think we have a new contender for... Longest permanent line ever in any <laughs> Disney park. Oh, yeah. I will be very surprised to see how long this attraction lasts. Yeah. You're thinking it's going to be like uh, rocket rods? It's not going to be able to last, just the, the technology, or just the lines are going to be too long? I think a combination of both. Uh, I also have read just what everybody else has read, and... Yeah, um, <laughs> we, we've got how many annual passers, how many people travel through the parks, and what's the ride capacity on this? 600 an hour or something that's, like that. Yeah. That's a lot of money to spend on something that not that many people per day are going to get but, to experience. But I, I think it's the same ride capacity as Mater's Junk. The Mater's? Yeah. 
Well, then maybe there's yeah. a whole big oops with the whole thing. I mean, if two of the three attractions are... Are limited capacity. Are limited yeah. capacity. Well, they're load and unload. They're not continuous loaders. Yeah. So no. you actually have to stop it, get people on, get people off. But, it, but you know, I think that a lot of the talk is on this one, it's the the learning curve on and figuring out how to move these things. You waste half your ride figuring out how to move them. So they've had to extend the the ride time. So that's going to cut into the, the hourly rate also. Yeah. Wow, Makes you're bringing sense. me down, man. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> Well, I, got, I mean, I can go over Radio Springs Racers, but yeah, well, I'm just all sad now. now. Okay. Finally, the one that I'm the most excited about, Radiator Springs Racers. Yay. You will, according to Disney, the ride of your life is about to begin. You will get to rocket through the desert landscape of Ornament Valley in a thrilling auto racing competition that includes some of your favorite locations and characters from the movie Cars. So before you start, well, you get on the ride, but before you hit the open road... You'll ride through the original settlement of Radiator Springs and see how Stanley capitalized on a natural cold spring and built a series of ingenious attractions. Like a pull-up and fill-up coolant station, a building made entirely out of empty oil bottles, and the comfy cavern motor court, which grew into Radiator Springs that we know of today. So the journey begins nice and peaceful, and you board a six-person car for a scenic road trip through Ornament Valley including a drive by the valley's famous plunging waterfall, Radiator Falls. Now, I guess I am giving stuff away now, so be qu- so don't listen. Next, you'll head la, towards la, la, yeah. La, la. Next, you'll head towards the town of Radiator Springs, and along the way, you'll encounter your favorite characters: Lightning McQueen, Mater, Sally, Luigi, Guido, Macramone, and Doc Hudson, who will help welcome you to the big race and help you along the way. Well, Mater sometimes will. Try to get you to tractor tip, supposedly, while you're supposed to be getting ready to race. And then you'll also get to fine-tune your car at either Luigi's Casa Della Tires or Ramon's House of Body Art. And so to see both of those, you'll have to ride the ride multiple times. Or because sometimes you'll get Luigi's and sometimes you'll get Ramon's. And then at the end of the attraction, you're going to race against another car filled with guests for a friendly competition to see who gets to the checkered flag first. So... um it's just it's it's exact it's very similar to test track at Epcot Center in Orlando, but this one seems to have a little bit more interaction and a and a multiple uh, multiple experiences. So I'm really excited to go on this one, and it should load easier than the other ones. And that's near the back of Cars Land, and I think it's the uh, centerpiece of Cars Land, I would say, in terms of attractions. So that is Cars Land, basically. The shops, the restaurants, and the attractions. However, there's a few little tidbits. One is that Mater and Lightning McQueen characters will move and talk. So when you're in Cars Land, they'll actually move and talk, which is cool. Um, Fast passes for Radiator Springs racers will be available outside Cars Land by It's Tough to Be a Bug Theater. So you can start lining up now to get your Fast Pass for that. That one other tidbit that I didn't get to share about Flo's V8 Cafe is that it has a uh, retro light figure, fixtures, 1950s music, and jukeboxes by the cast registers. And 
the other thing I had read is that they're going to have a neon lighting ceremony every evening with the all of Cars Land. Didn't Which you speculate about that? So cool. Yeah. yeah, I read the same and, thing. That's going to be so cool. And not a tidbit, but shows you why this thing is going to be so crazy and why they decided to raise the prices and all that. I was there today. I had to wait in line to get into the Blue Sky Cellar. Really? You Cars Land. I went, are you kidding me? There was a oh, line. Man. I was outside. And it was, I mean, part of it was because the people were kind of slow. But I literally had to wait in a line to get into Blue Sky Cellar. Wow. Cars Land. And you could tell that the buzz is building because there were about 12 people standing up on the benches. For those that don't know, at the Blue Sky Cellar, if you stand up on the seats, you can see into Cars Land. And there were tons of, I mean, I'm like, wow, I'm in line. Great. I'm doing the podcast today. This is perfect. I was actually very happy about that. But, um, yeah, there was a line to get into Blue Sky Cellar. And right there that said, okay, this thing is going to be huge because people are that excited just to see it. Of course, for some people, that's the only way they're going to get to see it. But, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, that totally just kind of just slapped me in the face and went, okay, this thing's going to be amazing. I just want to go in and hang out. It looks so cool. Yeah. Just well, look. you know, they say that there's um, a couple points where you – actually feel like you're really in the desert. You know how there are several points in Disneyland where you, you forget that there's, you know, that Anaheim is right outside your door. And they say there's a couple of points in Cars Land where you really can't see anything except Cars Land. Well, so. what's weird is when I look, you know, you stand on the bench and you look into it and you're, I'm in the movie. And you can hear people walking by. Yep. Wow. It's just, like the other things, it's, it's attractions. It's, it's, it's one attraction based on a movie. It's not the entire land based on one movie, and you're looking at it, and I'm in this movie. And then to kind of top it all off, as I was waiting in line to get into Blue Sky Cellar, um, I see a little, I, I, some kid kind of got to peek through a hole, and he's like, Dad, 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 I got to see some cars left. I got to see some cars Like, so excited. I went, this is, they built the buzz, and this kid was so pumped that he got to sneak a little peek. Sure. Nice. And yeah. so... That's that's who this park's for. That's who it's for. So, yeah. so I can't wait. All right, thank you, Tony, for that look at Carsland. Now let's head over to Wayne, who's going to round out this discussion with some of the inter- new entertainment offerings for the summer. And boy, is there a lot of entertainment around the Disneyland Resort this summer. We might as well start with the biggest things. Over at Disney California Adventure, everyone is so excited about the newest street party to come to the park. By everyone, the Mad- you, mean you right? I yeah. mean me. <laughs> <laughs> Alice's Mad Tea Party. And from the photos of the construction that has been going around from personal reports by some of your podcasters, thank you, Tom, who have actually seen some of the facilities and the construction and all the booths. Boy, is this shaping up to be yet another spectacular. Um, the color schemes are just wonderful. It's the, the bright Alice colors. But this is going to be strange if you've seen some of the costuming and some of the ideas that they have around logos and scenic design this is going to be out there this is this is going to be curiouser and curiouser 
they have been releasing sketches all over the place about what the looks are going to be and little hints of some of the activities that are going to be going on. In particular, they're talking about the stage performances, which will feature the Mad Hatter, the March Hare, the Dormouse, the Caterpillar, the Chesser Cat. It's going to be outrageous. I think this is going to be another big hit, almost no matter how it turns out. Um, they've even released the new entrance way, which is, is their version of going down the rabbit hole. Looks like it's going to be a portal. We love having our street parties with portals and we'll have lighting and smoke effects and it'll be your entrance way while being greeted by the Alice in Wonderland characters. Can't wait. Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Loving the Tweedledee Tweedledum bouncers. Aren't those bizarre? That I know. That did they is... like hire a couple sets of twins or are they going to put them through makeup every night? Probably a little bit of both. And how about those boots? How about those 12-inch platform shoes? I know. They look just rocking. My big enthusiasm here is it doesn't look like just a teenage dance party. It really looks like, again, they're going out of their way to make this interesting for everyone. I'm real excited. I'm, and from what I understand, uh, Nancy, didn't you hear that soft openings are coming very soon? Yes, over Memorial Day weekend, they're going to start um, doing soft openings. So just so, after this podcast is released. Yep. We're going to be having many updates uh, very quickly on this one. Apart from that activity, which goes on mostly at night at California Adventure, during the daytime, the wonderful Pixar Play Parade is coming back to California Adventure Yippee, yay, we all, this this parade got such a good reaction in California. The music, the costuming, the floats were wonderful. Hopefully they'll crank it up to full soak mode because everybody loved, especially in the summertime at DCA, everyone loved a little dousing. The kids follow the, the particular floats around, so I'm very glad that play parade is coming back. Five, four, three, two, fun. <laughs> Over at Buena Vista Street, Buena Vista Street is going to come alive with all kinds of entertainment. Just like we're used to at Disneyland, where from front entrance all the way up to the hub, Buena Vista Street's going to have the same flair, the same feeling, the same energy that we've come to be used to at Disneyland. The street performers are going to be amazing. They're taking some of the, we've talked a little bit about this, they're taking some of the flair from Walt Disney World's Disney Hollywood Studios. They'll have individual street characters who are going to interact with the crowd all along Buena Vista Street. It'll be the 1920s, 1930s style of these characters, but I think it's going to lend a wonderful ambience and atmosphere, especially right up front when you first come into the park. In addition to that, 
we're going to get in California Adventure our own little performing groups. One of the best ones, I think, is going to be associated with the Red Trolley, and that's the Red Car Newsboys. I haven't seen a lot of detail about exactly what the show is, but it looks kind of like one of those sing some songs, dance around a little bit, maybe do a little bit of audience involvement, kind of play the role, all using one of the streetcars as kind of the background for this. The Disney people report that the boys bring the latest headlines and engage their audience with fun songs from the 20s and 30s. It sounds great. It's going to be a nice entrance into this whole atmosphere at the front end of the park. Wayne, do they? How often do they? Do you know how often they're going to be doing that? Or none of the schedules have been released yet. They're talking a lot about the kinds of entertainment that's going to go on. I haven't seen any kind of scheduling on this. What I'm thinking is just like at Disneyland, where we see see like the Dapper Dans perform mostly in the morning. We see the Firehouse Five performing in the morning to early afternoon. I think that's going to be the same kind of schedule that we'll see at California Adventure with the um, Red Car Newsboys. And also with this next group that's also going to be around the Carthay Circle area, which is another musical group called Five and Dime. This is, again, a small group of musicians and singers who Disney describes as playing on the sunny side of the street. Sort of a jazz-type ensemble. They're going to give an up-tempo performance and, again, enhance the atmosphere along Buena Vista Street and especially around Carthay Circle and emphasize the music that's traveled down Route 66 from Chicago all the way down to California. This one ought to be a lot of fun, too, and I think is going to add to the reason you're going to want to hang around Buena Vista Street. Moving farther up into California Adventure, we see some more little street performers in the Carsland area. And this is going to be really fun, too, but we haven't seen too many details except a few artist sketches on this one. And that's the introduction of some of the Pixar characters, one of them being Big Red the Fire Truck from the Cars movie. Now, I don't know exactly how this is going to take shape, whether this is going to be a moving character or a static display. I have a feeling maybe this one's going to move around a little bit. But the idea is that Big Red has come along to water the landscape, and I guess his aim isn't so good, and he might wind up squirting some of the guests, who I'm sure the kids will go ape over that. In addition to that, in this same area on um, on Route 66, right there at the entrance to Cars Land, there'll be another Cars-based entertainment group called DJs Dance and Drive. I have a feeling this is going to be like the high school musical Phineas and Ferb mobile dance party right. musical review that's going to take over this area. 
this will probably be a regular recurring little show. It talks about the the DJ having his own built-in disc changer and his very own dance party led by a girl named Spinner. So it's going to have some people performing, a whole lot of music, probably a lot of song and dance, with the Cars Land flair to it. That looks really fun. In addition to that, there's going to be all the regular entertainment that we already know is around California Adventure. Namely, we know especially World of Color is still going to be playing, and we've already heard there's going to be a prequel, sequel, whatever, two cars that's built into one part of the show, probably the ending part that's going to promote the whole area. But don't forget about the other entertainment that's around the park, too. If you haven't seen Aladdin, definitely still keep that on your list. Aladdin is probably one of the best full theater Disney stage shows that exists in any of the Disney parks. And originally scheduled to go away, it looks like it's sticking around for even a little more. And also, don't forget about, we've already talked about this a lot, but Minnie's Fly Girls Charter Airline, that's going to still be performing. And rounding it out for the youngest kids, don't forget about Disney Junior Live on Stage. That theater is still going to be performing its show now in, I think it's it's entering its second year. Don't forget about Turtle Talk over at the Animation. There is a lot of entertainment Wayne, that's going to be. Wayne, have you heard the rumor about Melody Time? I just started hearing about this, but haven't read anything the big. The rumor is there's going to be a five-minute show with the uh, World of Color Fountains during the day called Melody Time. Right, right, and it, right. It was, up on, it was up on the Disneyland um, hours section, times, times and hours and stuff section. But then it disappeared again. So there's there's no other details other than something called Melody Time, and it's like five minutes at a time. And when uh, it, I think it was, I don't know if it was last summer or last spring, when High School Musical Three was still playing the little walk around show. They would set up their performance right in front of World of Color, and there was a section of the World of Color fountain that played with that show. Right. Well, they also did that with the Disney Channel Rock show. That's the other one I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah. Yes, yes. And because they use the, they use the stage there that comes up in front. At right, the- and I'm glad to see that's being used. I hope they use it more. Hopefully, what you're talking about is going to be an extension of that. Right. Disney California Adventure is going to definitely be a hub of entertainment. They're really giving a nice rounded amount of entertainment in addition to all the new features and attractions that are going to be open. Back across the street over at Disneyland, looks like the summer fireworks show is going to be magical again. For those of us who have seen Magical for the last few years now, 
It's a great fireworks show. Magical for me has, it has one of the best finales everywhere. It just, it doesn't stop. It keeps building just about the time you think, okay, this is the finale. The soloist pulls back and then gives it to you again. They build up another whole sequence and you go, okay, that's great. And then they pull back and they give it to you again. It's, it's got a really good final buildup. Nancy mentioned the Summertime Magic Memories and You show. And also, don't forget that Voices of Liberty is going to be coming out to Disneyland. It'll be over by the Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln attraction. That's going to be really special, in addition to all the other entertainment from Billy Hill and the Hillbillies to the New Orleans Jazz Band to all the great groups that play up and down Main Street, the Dapper Dans, the Firehouse Five, the Disneyland Band. If you've never heard the Disneyland Marching Band play an afternoon concert, put that on your list. Spend five to ten minutes and listen to what a really highly polished wonderfully tuned marching band really sounds like oh the the other day when when we were there as as we were leaving was it friday nancy yeah walking out of the park and we're you know things are going on in in town square i'm like oh it's the flag retreat and so we were uh pete was with us and he's like i'm gonna go it's like okay go i i gotta stay and watch this so I, yeah. Nancy and I walked up there, and if you've never seen the flag retreat, you you need to do that once, once, you know, once a trip or something like that. But it's the Disneyland band playing their patriotic songs. They bring out the the uh, Dapper Dans to sing, you know, they're singing "God Bless America," "America the Beautiful," stuff like that. But then they start playing the the marches from each of the each of the military branches. And as they do, they ask veterans or current or or active duty military to step forward. And so, you know, as they go through each of the five branches of the military, the the people start stepping forward and surrounding the flag. And it's just it's just such a moving ceremony. From the young guys who are serving, you know, in San Diego or in any of the bases to the older vets that always right. seem to come out for and, it. It's know, just the, wonderful. The the guy in the Air Force that his, uh, what I'm assuming was his son, pushed him up in his wheelchair to the flag. As he got to the flag, he stood at the flag, you know, as, as much as a, at attention as he could as they were lowering that flag. It's just, I don't know, like... Tom gets all misty. I did. I'm. I, He's so it's cute. Just, it's just that kind of a thing. I mean, it is. It really is. It's an. And I show. have to echo this too. I've seen the flag retreat as well, and it is wonderful. It is one of those great things that we do at Disneyland that is special, and especially late in the day, if you are tired, if you need a little break. Come on back down Main Street, spend a little bit of time at Town Square and take a rest. By then it's starting to get cool in that part of the park. It's a great place to sit and watch, and it is, it's heart-thumping patriotic. It's just yep. wonderful. Yep. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring down the room. <laughs> <laughs> Not no. at all. It's, it, you made it all tingly and happy. And don't forget our, don't forget our classics. Phantasmic is in, would you believe it, its 20th anniversary this year. 
going strong as much as ever. Phantasmic still possibly the best nighttime show around the Disneyland Resort. For the kids, the Jedi Training Academy is still going on. Again, a wonderful little show and wonderful for the kids to get involved with. There is a lot. Oh, did I forget the parade? Did I forget Mickey's sensational parade? (laughs) We mentioned Billy Hill and the Hillbillies and their other little show by the Laughing Stock. Um, you can, this is why I tell people, if you want to come out to Disneyland and wonder, is there more than just a couple of days worth of things to do out here? You bet there is, and this is how you can fill your day. And if you intersperse some of these entertainment items with your standing in line for the attractions and such, it makes for a really full and relaxing day. It's kind of what I do. I I have no problem spending four or five days when I really have the time to play tourist. Looking forward to it. That's your entertainment wrap-up for this summer. Thank you, Wayne. Let's let's talk just a little bit. What are you looking forward to this summer? What's what's the big thing? I know Carsland is 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 sitting out there waving its hand, but is there anything else specific that you're looking forward to, Wayne? Outside of the obvious that we all know, I'm obviously looking forward to the Mad Tea Party, but there is so much in the way of again new restaurants this summer. From all the things that are going to be in the newer areas in California Adventure, Carthay Circle, we're still kind of holding our breath wondering what that's all going to be like and how it's going to ring out for us regular folk. I'm really looking forward to even things like the new Gibson Girl and all of those kind of places. I've only had one little snack at Jolly Holiday. I've been doing my exercises. I'm actually <laughs> down a little bit. I'm looking forward to spending my calories this summer. Nancy, what do you think? Um, gosh, I want to rest this summer. <laughs> you can't rest. Actually, I'm. I, once again, I'm looking forward to the restaurants. It's nice to see that they've continue to respect and value Chef Sutton enough to move. Um, he's from the Napa Rose, if anybody hadn't figured that out already. Um, and I'm, I'm glad they put Andrew over that one. Um, it's going to be nice. I mean, I'm just looking forward to a new atmosphere walking in. Um, that's, and yeah, just, I think that's what I'm looking forward to, just the, the feel and the and you know what actually I'm really looking forward to after what you know after I said I watched cars again today that scene where they turn on all the all the neon for Sally you know that is what I'm envisioning or at least that's what my expectation is now brought about by the fact that they're going to have a neon lighting ceremony every night in Carsland that's kind of my feel where they kick on the music and everybody goes bebopping and bebopping and cruising up and down the street so I'm kind of curious to see if my expectation is right or not right. Tony, what are, you, what are you thinking about? I was thinking, as soon as you asked the question, of the entrance and Buena Vista Street and just the theming and the red car trolley. I just yeah. can't wait for that. And now you guys kind of already said it, 
And I'm not that's but that's what I thought of was just coming in and having that whole atmosphere because I hated the old atmosphere. I hate the Beach Boys and hearing that darn song all the time. Sorry. And I'm so I'm so excited, looking forward to the the entrance and the how you're going to be. It's I just think the theming is going to be so much better and unique. So there you go. I'm looking forward to taking a picture with Walt and Mickey with their suitcases and enjoying Buena Vista Street. It's gonna be it's gonna, it's gonna, gonna be, be great. great. It, it, no matter no no matter what, it's gonna be great. And keep watching the Diz Unplugged website. Keep watching the Diz for more details. We will be out there covering it on the ground and bringing it to you. Video, pictures, blogs, podcasts, any way we can get the info to you, we will do it. That is going to do it for this edition of the Diz Unplugged podcast. Thanks for listening.